Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Happy to have you here with us. Today we're going to talk about secondary trauma. Um, We've worked with a lot of people in our practices that have experienced trauma, of course, but then there's also their support people and the people around them that don't usually recognize that they have also experienced a trauma. It's just, in fact, secondary, but it can be very, very intense, can affect them a lot, and it really requires some validation and sometimes some therapy. So we wanted to go ahead and dive into that with you guys, give you some examples and some tips. Secondary trauma is the emotional distress that results when an individual hears about the firsthand trauma experiences of another. I don't know about you guys, but that's like the most common question that I'm asked when I said that I was like a trauma therapist for children was always, how do you handle listening to that? And so um, a big way that I did was to um, compartmentalize in a lot of ways. So when someone tells me a story, it's literally just words to me. I can't picture it and I can't like really go there in that way. Um, Otherwise, I would literally probably just cry for an hour and be no help to them, you know, because I really have to separate it. And so a lot of times people would be like, oh, you should watch this movie that's like right up your alley. Like it depicts this, this, and this. And I'm like, I cannot watch that. Like I would never be able to watch a rape scene because then when my clients are talking about rape, I would, it makes it way too real, you know? And so I would always have to like, you always have to kind of hold other people's traumas at arm's length so that you are then in a place to be able to help them. And so you can connect to the emotion of it, but not the trauma of it, if that makes sense. And it is kind of one of those skills that you have as a therapist or you get burnt out. (laughs) So that's just kind of the reality of it. But it's just like this fine line between having a lot of empathy and connecting that way while still kind of holding the trauma at arm's length so that it is not becoming your secondary trauma, right? But that doesn't always happen. Often it does become secondary trauma for us. So when does that happen? Let's talk about it. So it can happen in a variety of ways, but something that comes to mind would be, you know, like a paramedic, somebody who is helping someone in a life-threatening situation. They're not the ones that are having their life in danger, but they're seeing someone who maybe was in an accident or a fire or, you know, something happened that um, was life-threatening and they're witnessing it. And that can be traumatic. I mean, that can bring on secondary trauma easily. Another example could be like a teacher who 
you know, hears from their student that they're experiencing some abuse. And maybe that's not something that they hear about in their day-to-day like Jessica was talking about, like she did in her work as a therapist. But, you know, this teacher hears something and it hits them in a way where they weren't able to compartmentalize because they weren't prepared for something like that. Or maybe you have a loved one who has a cancer diagnosis and you're seeing them go through chemo. You're seeing, um, you know, really difficult day-to-day things happen. You're seeing this person potentially facing passing away. Something like that can bring about secondary trauma as well. And so it's when you hear another or see another person's experience that's traumatic and it's almost like you weren't emotionally prepared for it in the sense that it just kind of hits you at your core and it shakes you and you then hold on to some of that trauma yourself and that can be something you can recognize as far as like maybe you're being triggered now when you hear about someone's cancer diagnosis or the next time you go out on the ambulance to respond to a call, you're feeling very anxious and you're shaking and you're not sure how you're going to handle it or you're nervous about going to your classroom when a student pulls you aside to talk to you about something. You know, these are all things that you can tune into and recognize, okay, what's going on with me? Am I experiencing some of these trauma responses? Yeah, because secondary trauma will begin to present the same way that primary trauma does. And what's unfortunate is that it's not our trauma to hold, right? And so we can be supportive and helpful for that person while not having to experience those side effects if we can just take care of ourselves. So the first thing you need to do is recognize that you are experiencing secondary trauma. And then the next step is to start treating your symptoms the same way you would as if you had experienced that trauma because your body and mind are responding to it as if you did. And so, and maybe not like to the extent, like you're not being abused, but you are still feeling anxious about helping this student, things like that. So you want to address those triggers as best you can so that they're not triggering you so that you are able to then pull yourself back together and become that support person for that person and other people and other people's trauma that you might have to hear about or see. I used to work with sexual assault survivors and, um, I ran a response team and our job was when a survivor would show up at a police station or a hospital, then one of our volunteers would show up there and just be there for whatever um, the survivor needed, whether they needed clothes or a snack or a drink or somebody to talk to or somebody to just sit in the space next to them. That was their job. And a lot of the times, um, those survivors would be met at the hospital by like maybe their mom or their dad or their boyfriend or their friend or something. And what I would see a great deal of the time, especially with parents, is that they would experience secondary trauma because this thing happened to their child or their friend or their 
wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, but they didn't think that they deserved any kind of treatment or care or love in that in that time because they were like, well, what I'm experiencing is nothing compared to, you know, my this person. Like I shouldn't need anything. Like they need everything. So I think the point there is that just because like you are experiencing trauma does not mean you're taking anything away from that person. It just means that you love them and you care about them so much. And the fact that this trauma happened to them hurts you and it affects you. And so the best thing that you can do instead of ignoring that or acting like, you know, this means I'm a failure or like a bad parent or a bad girlfriend or a bad boyfriend or whatever. It just means that you love them. So the best thing that you can do for yourself is to recognize it and address it. So I think something to be aware of with secondary trauma is to be very careful about what you intake in your life. So there are times that we cannot avoid secondary trauma. Being a therapist, and I mean, we did choose this profession, but like I'm not going to be like, oh, please don't tell me that story. That's too traumatizing, you know, because that my job is to hold space and allow that person to be able to tell their story completely. And so then it's up to me to like have my ability to contain and manage my emotions, right? But sometimes when I am watching the news and I watch, you know, a very sad or something horrific or, you know, whatever, I watch that story and then I begin to experience secondary trauma. I can't imagine what it would be like to be that person. That must have been so hard. Now I'm feeling depressed about COVID right now because there are so many deaths and this is so difficult for me to handle. But really what I'm doing is I'm taking on more trauma than my body and my system are capable of holding, right? And so you have to continually remember that we were created to be connected humans but we were not created to connect with the entire world at once. We were especially not created to connect with the worst parts of the world all at once. And so if you are out there on the news, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you're just ingesting these really terrible, sad things, you are going to experience secondary trauma that was preventable if you had been better boundaried and realized that it was too much for you to handle, right? And so you might say like, oh, I love to hear about this stuff. I need to know what's happening in the world. That's wonderful. And if you are handling that, like hearing about that trauma, you're just fine. But if you are finding that it is starting to have a negative effect on your life, then it's time to take a step back, kind of fortify yourself Even if that literally is going to therapy and being like, I am traumatized by the state of the world. I can't handle it. That's a valid reason to go to therapy, right? But then you also need to pull back and realize I cannot be there for myself and for the people in my immediate circle if I'm too busy worrying about someone who's going hungry in Maine. You know, that's just outside of my control. How do I bring my focus inward? and stay in my circle so that I can help the people who have trauma in my circle and help keep myself healthy so I don't have to deal with the entire world all at once. We were not created to know the worst parts of humanity in every single country in the world. That is more than we can handle. That's true. Like if people looked at the things I consume in my personal life, you'd be very confused 
because I think people assume like, oh, I'm a therapist, so my hobbies surround mental health. I have a mental health podcast. I live and breathe mental health. But really, I go to work for a certain amount of time. I do the podcast for a certain amount of time. And then after that, I don't really want to hear about like traumatic things happening to people because it is so hard to constantly take in that level of hard. It's important to recognize what you can take in and what you need to leave out. Like if you're looking for a way to address your secondary trauma, I think that's the first thing to do. And I think that there will be some people, probably not people who are listening to the podcast, but you've probably seen people say this online, right? Don't close your eyes to this hard stuff. Make sure that you are feeling that what they have felt and what they've experienced because that's the only way that will change, right? And I think that there's absolutely truth to that, but then you also have to watch yourself and realize when you are being triggered by someone else's experience in a way that is not helpful, right? Because there's absolutely a feeling of, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how this group of people is being treated and I begin to change my behavior. That is not a trauma response, right? Because we, I'm being motivated to do something healthy and positive. But if I'm hearing about all this negative stuff and I'm then becoming depressed, I need to put myself first for a little while until I can gather up my strength again and then I can begin to do something about it. I rarely think the solution is to drown ourselves in other people's trauma. The solution is to go out there and do something about it. So in our episode about human trafficking with um, Rachel Curtis, one of my friends, she talked a lot about all of the things that we can do. She was like, it is so useless that everyone is posting all of these horror stories on social media that people were being traumatized by and felt like their kids were going to be snatched out of their front yard. That was so useless. <laughs> but what is useful, she said, is going out and volunteering at your local rape crisis center. That is very useful. It is very useful for you to donate time and money to these organizations that are doing the work. And then she made a really great point, which was you don't have to be that person if that's not what you're passionate about. You should work on what you're passionate about. I am passionate about helping people with trauma. I am a trauma therapist. I do not expect everyone to be a trauma therapist. It exacts a heavy toll. I just watched The Avengers, so that's why I have to say that, right? But it is, I'm like Thanos now, but it is true. Like, I don't expect everyone to be a trauma therapist. I don't expect everyone to work for the Center for Equality for Women or, you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to have a passion about everything and to expect ourselves to be able to hold all of the trauma and all of the stories for every group that is oppressed and hurt, that's too much, right? And so we just need to have that perspective of how can I be a good person today and where do I want to put my energy today? And so, yes, I'm going to treat everyone the same because I'm a good person, but all of my extra energy is going to the Rape Crisis Center because I most care about that cause. Or I am a foster parent because I really care about helping foster kids. You know what I mean? Like there's no need to hear every child's horror story to know that they've gone through something difficult and that they need help. 
but not everyone has to be the person who helps them. I think you just have to be aware of everything that is incoming to your life and realize that even though it feels like we have an obligation to honor all of these people's stories, it might not be on us to honor that particular person. It might be okay that the people in their community honor them and do something about it. If you do see that that community isn't doing anything, then please do something about it. But to just constantly all day take in the negative information and not turn it into something better for yourself is going to have a detrimental effect on your life. So if you have more questions about this, definitely reach out. Let us know. Um, And we can help you because secondary trauma is definitely something we have each had to navigate in our own lives very intimately. So we can help you figure it out. I have literally been to therapy just for secondary trauma. And so you can join me. It's 100% allowed. Therapists deal with really hard stuff. And sometimes you have to deal with the really hard stuff you have to deal with. And it's okay if that comes in any way. So acknowledge that it's a problem if you are having triggers and then get some help. You don't have to live that way. Hope to talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.